It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 3rd, 2018. My name is Phil Prosser-Nike. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Monday as we get set for another week once again. Of course, a big week for the Orlando Magic as they actually get to play a few home games. Just a little matter of a game at Miami. We'll talk about that game tomorrow, but today's episode of Locked on Magic is going to be all about the first quarter of the Magic season. That that came to a conclusion after Monday's game last week against the Golden State Warriors. So now the Magic are a quarter of the way through this thing. And we'll talk about our first quarter MVP. I think you can guess who that is. And what we want to see and the questions we ask heading into the second quarter of the Orlando Magic season. I think they'll all take a very similar theme as well. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Looking to learn a little bit more about the Miami Heat after their win over the Utah Jazz on Sunday. Check out Locked On Heat. They do a great job covering the Heat over there. You can also check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On NBA to get your national perspective from Locked On hosts like me, from special guests, from uh, from a lot of people around the league. It's a great show to get the national perspective on what is going on around the league. Definitely check out all those. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic today are sitting at 11-12 on the season, and I think it's important to note that... You know, you do a little research, you do a little digging, and and the NBA season, as we all know, isn't particularly variable. In fact, it's relatively predictable. The NBA works that teams with the best players typically win, and one player has a major impact. And so we do find that, yes, it's the final result of every season is typically pretty set in stone and pretty predictable for at any point during the season. Yeah, there are a few surprises, and certainly the Magic are one of them so far this year, but the NBA follows pretty set patterns. In fact, according to, to most estimates, 13 to 14 of the 16 teams that eventually make the playoffs are in the playoff, are among the eight teams in the playoff hunt by the quarter mark of the season. So as we sit here today on December 3rd, again, a week out, a, a week past that quarter mark of the season, the Magic are in eighth place in the Eastern Conference, now a game and a half ahead of the Miami Heat for that fi- for, to stay in that spot. And they're breathing down the Charlotte Hornets neck for the Southeast Division lead. So congratulations, Magic. The stats say you're going to make the playoffs. In fact, last year, 13 of the 16 teams that eventually made the playoffs were in the top eight of their conference at the quarter mark of the season. The 
Notably, two teams in the Eastern Conference did not make the playoffs at that point. That was the Detroit Pistons, who did a midseason trade, had a lot of injuries, and the New York Knicks, who, of course, lost Kristaps Porzingis to injury. So, season's not over by any stretch. We all know this. But the Magic are right where they need to be if we want to start talking about the playoffs more seriously. And I think certainly the second quarter of the season will be a big part of of that equation and that question, which we'll ask some of those questions here in just a moment. But I do think it's also important to take a look back at what we've seen over the course of the last 20 games, 21 games now, uh, 20 plus games, I suppose, because we're past that point. I think it's important to, to think about and understand how we got here and who stood out. And only one player really represents the change the Magic are facing today. That the profound change that the Magic have experienced so far. And that man is Nikola Vucevic. Entering this NBA season, the narrative on Nikola Vucevic was his time was up. His time was coming due. A guy who has done yeoman's work for the Orlando Magic over the last six years. Need him to score, he'll score. Need him to rebound, he'll rebound. That the Magic just could never really shake or get rid of. Vucevic has put up numbers like crazy over the past six years. And yet they all felt meaningless. And yet the Magic constantly brought him up in trade discussions and trade rumors, thanks to really a sweetheart deal that he signed four years ago that's now coming due. And even when the Magic knew they had a strong, solid player in Vucevic, it always felt like they were looking for his replacement. The knock on Vucevic was he wasn't the modern ideal for a center. Couldn't move his feet, couldn't protect the rim. He wasn't what the team was ultimately looking for from that position. And it was just a matter of finding his replacement. Dwayne Dedman showed signs and burst into the starting lineup under James Borrego. But he couldn't replace Vucevic. Vucevic was still the better player. The Magic traded for Serge Ibaka, signed Bismack Biombo. And, and as much as that experiment was a complete disaster, they couldn't beat Vucevic. Vucevic was arguably still the better player than Ibaka, certainly better than Biombo. Honestly, sometimes on both ends of the floor. The reality was, or seemed like at that point, that the Magic were stuck with Vucevic. But in the course of 21 games, that narrative has flipped. That narrative has completely changed. Steve Clifford has found a way to get the most out of Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic, more importantly, has found the way to get the most out of himself. And he's not only the Magic's fulcrum and best offensive player, which he probably always was, even with Victor Oladipo and Tobias Harris in town. He's also one of their best defenders. And there is no doubt that when the All-Star ballots come out and, and, and we start thinking about the Eastern Conference or the NBA All-Star team more seriously, Nikola Vucevic will be 
to guide the Magic push. If the Magic stay in the playoff race, Nikola Vucevic very likely will be playing in Charlotte. It's not something we, except for one year when the Magic were already well out of the playoffs, that's not something we would say about, about him before. The numbers through those first 21 games, 20.8 points per game on 54.9% shooting 39% from beyond the arc, 11.3 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, a block per game. The Magic, quite simply, are better when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor, and it's by leaps and bounds. So yes, the Magic drafted his supposed heir apparent in Mo Bamba last year. And of course, you weren't going to turn everything over to a rookie so soon. Mo Bamba, if you watch him play, is clearly not ready. But Nikola Vucevic has made as much of an impact on this team than any other player. The Magic are significantly better offensively with him on the floor. 109.2 offensive rating with him on the floor through 23 games. They have a 105.8 defensive rating with him on the floor. More than, uh, almost three points per 100 possessions better than when he's than their team average. In fact, defensively, he is tied with Aaron Gordon for best on-court defensive rating. The Magic play their best defense, and yes, I am saying this with a straight face. Because six years ago, six the past six years wouldn't suggest this at all. The Magic play their best defense when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor. And it's not even close. Orlando has styled an offense to take advantage of what makes Nikola Vucevic unique. His passing. Outside of, again, I've said this so many times, outside of Nikola Jokic and Marc Gasol, there may not be a better passing big man in the league. He is, I think he is that good of a passer. And it's the subtle changes that have helped Vucevic take his game to another level. He's a lot more aggressive and comfortable defensively on pick and rolls. There's a lot more trust, it feels like, in his teammates to help him out. And while it's still not perfect, more often than not, Vucevic is one of the more engaged and energetic defenders. He's in the right spots. He's doing his job. And whether others step in is the other question. Mostly they have. But his raw production, his efficiency, his ability to work inside and out, his willingness and and excitement to go back into the post and the Magic's willingness to feed him there as both a decoy passer and as a scorer has transformed his game. Turned him into the best version of himself. Maybe that doesn't answer any of these long-term questions the Magic still have. You know, Vucevic will still be a free agent this summer. And maybe the Magic re-sign him. Maybe they don't. Maybe he's looking for another four-year deal, which the Magic may not be willing to give. Those are questions for much further down the road. What's evident today so the Magic are not in playoff position without Nikola Vucevic, not even close. What's evident today is Nikola Vucevic is playing his best basketball of his career. He's always selfless, willing to sublimate his role to make the team better. But this is something different. 
This is Vucevic with the coaching staff that trusts him completely, that is just playing on a different plane, on a different level than we've seen him before. And for sure, he is the representation of what's changed about the Orlando Magic this year and why we believe in this team in earnest and why we believe that this team can be the one that breaks through. Nikola Vucevic is playing fantastic basketball, period. And we're all looking to see what he does next as an encore. Because we've seen him play close to this level on occasion. He's won an Eastern Conference Player of the Week before this year. Last year, before his his hand injury, he was playing exactly like this. Injuries have derailed him in the past. But for now, Vucevic is doing all the magic need him to do. He's their rock. He's their fulcrum. He's the center upon which everything orbits. And at least through the first quarter of the season, he's an all-star and the Magic's MVP. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Of course, there are still more games to play. The NBA season does not stop for anyone. It never, it never ends or until it does. There's a long way to go from now until April. And, and as I've always said, as I've said throughout these early months, you can't lose, you can't win the season in the first quarter, but you can certainly lose it. The Magic haven't lost it. They're in the race. They're in the hunt. They're exactly where they need to be if the playoffs again are a goal, which they are. Maintaining that, and more importantly for Steve Clifford and co., improving upon that is the next big step. Whether the Magic will be able to do all that is the next big question. This is a team that's still new to winning. And so, my first big question for this Magic team is, will they continue to learn to win? Will they continue to take these steps or are they going to fall back into bad habits? It's really a question of, can this team really shed the scars of the past, whether you believe in them or not? They have struggled at times this year and on several occasions holding on to big leads. They blew a 26-point lead. Got it, I think the Spurs got it down to six in San Antonio. They lost an 11-point lead at Portland. They lost an 18-point lead to Golden State. They lost a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Pistons. On and on and on and on. There's, it, it's, it's commonplace for the Magic to lose fourth-quarter leads as teams increase their intensity. Uh, the Wizards game is a perfect example of this. Uh, when the Magic had a 20-point lead, 25-point lead, I believe, and the Wizards nearly tied it in the fourth quarter. The Magic don't have a star that can take over games and, and put another team on their heels. That's, that's, that's fair. 
but they have to learn how to close these games and close them comfortably. That's part of learning how to win. Now, to the Magic's credit, they've won a lot of these games. They found the will to come back, respond, and win, which I don't think previous teams would have done. But also, clearly, they they have that long way to go to be better as a closing team, as a winning team. It's not easy. It never is. But learning how to win is essential for this Magic team. And, and it comes through experience. It comes through repetition. It comes through confidence. And slowly but surely, you can feel this team gaining confidence. They certainly have confidence in each other. They have confidence in their coach. They have confidence in their system. You can feel that confidence because this team, as so many have described it, is resilient. It's not always enough. You need resilience with direction. You need to learn from these mistakes. You need to execute better and sharper from the tip. And the Magic really haven't played a complete 48-minute game. Maybe at New York against the Knicks. They played They played a full 48-minute game. They obviously still have a lot of growing and work to do. This is a young team that will make mistakes. How they grow and how they continue to develop will be the big story of the second quarter of the season until we get to the halfway point. And so that leads to the next question. How do they handle the next losing streak? It's not to say that a losing streak is inevitable. It's not to say that the team is going to struggle the second second quarter of the season. In fact, the Magic played one of the hardest schedules to this point in the year. According to some measurements, fifth or sixth hardest schedule in the league. And in fact, the Magic schedule lightens up considerably. And, and as I've said, we'll know a lot. We, we'll, we know, we're learning a lot about this team right now. They'll have the chance to bank up some wins with a four-game homestand over Christmas. But the question still remains. That big question still remains. How does this team respond to the losing streak? To taking a couple tough L's? We saw the Magic go on a four-game losing streak earlier on in the year and and really struggling and, and Coach Clifford trying to impress upon them what needs to change. And they responded. They won seven of the next nine. They played really inspired, strong basketball. We saw them lose big leads to Golden State and Portland. We saw them respond with a much better effort against Phoenix, although I think it was still a pretty ugly uh, ugly game that, that had a lot left, lot to be desired. So the question is always, will they keep the faith? Will they still believe in what they're doing and what they're preaching, even if the results don't come? Now, it's not to say that the Magic search for moral victories to keep that faith, because results come through faith. But part of a system, part of a culture, is being able to go through you know, the, the basics of who you are by rote memory, even when you're struggling. The Magic have shot the lights out for the last two weeks. And so there is legitimate question, a legitimate concern, that when those shots stop falling, what's going to happen to this team? Friday was an interesting look into that because they stuck to it defensively. They dug down and they they got a win in the fourth quarter. They blew that game open in the fourth. They weren't great offensively. You could clear they were kind of looking ahead. They were missing shots, but they found a way. Winning ugly is a sign of that growth that I talked about earlier, of, of, win, of learning how to win. But I'm still curious what happens when this team loses. Do they let 
a two-game losing streak become three, a three become four, a four become five, and so on and so forth. It's the long losing streaks that have hurt the Magic. It's the long stretches where they lose games that have hurt the Magic in the past, that have sapped their confidence and tanked their seasons, pun intended. This group feels different. They've been tested in in small ways already. I'm curious, I'm still curious, what happens that next test. Again, it feels like there are a lot of scars. And this group isn't for moral victories anymore. That's that's a good sign. That's a good sign that they can bounce back. But still a group that hasn't gone through the experience of learning how to win. My next big question is about Aaron Gordon. Can Aaron Gordon continue to, to, to be this patient player that he is, to take these growth steps that he's taken? He's taken some big steps. He's a better passer than he ever was. In the first quarter of the season, he dished out... Sorry, I'm pulling up my stats here. Dished out 2.6 assists per game, felt like a lot more. 7.3 rebounds per game, shot 47.7% from the floor. 16.1 points per game. Had a pretty solid start to the season. I still wonder, will those bad habits creep in? Will he try to be the star again? Will he stay committed defensively? These are questions that young players all face. These are questions they all have to go through because they haven't proven themselves yet. They haven't established that baseline. But like Vucevic... The Magic are better with Gordon on the floor. Out of all the players on the Magic roster, uh, the, the, the Magic's defense is as good as it is any, with anyone else with Gordon on the floor. He's with good defensive lineups, and he helps make lineups good defensively. And the same goes for Jonathan Isaac. What's his level of consistency? Can he continue to expand his game? Can he look more comfortable as a shooter? Can he be more comfortable as a scorer? Huge questions. Huge, huge questions for the Orlando Magic. And on that same note, can Mo Bamba continue to take growth as a player? While Mo Bamba's been impressive, first quarter of the season averaging 6.8 points per game, shooting 51.3% from the floor, 4.6 rebounds per game, and 1.3 blocks per game, all coming off the bench in just 17 minutes per game. He's looked like a rookie a lot of times. He's looked a bit lost. It still doesn't seem like he understands to kind of power that he can have defensively. And that's tough to help a young kid understand. That's tough to help a player of his stature understand. The question is, how did the Magic get him there? How did the Magic continue fostering that growth? And I think they're they're doing it the exact right way. Limited minutes put him in positions to succeed, and, and he's largely succeeded. He's had to learn. He's had to go through some lumps but he's largely succeeded. But I think the big question facing the Magic still on the individual player basis is with Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is still scoring 15.2 points per game. But unlike Evan Fournier, shooting 41.3% from the floor and just 28.6% from beyond the arc, making essentially two of every six three-pointers, a little bit less than that, actually. He's averaging 6.3 three-point attempts per game, making less than two of them. Evan Fournier just seems out of sorts. And while his assists are up, 4.0 assists per game, turnovers are relatively flat at 1.8 turnovers per game, the lack of shooting emphasizes all his flaws. 
he's a better defender than we give him credit for, and he's played solid defense this year and does a lot of little things the Magic need. But he's in there to score and in there to shoot. And if he's not making shots, this floor spacing he's supposed to give doesn't really count for much. There's every faith, and there should be every faith, that Fournier will return to his meet. He's a hard worker. He'll get there. And yes, Clifford is asking him to do some very different things than than what he's done in the past. He's a little bit more of a playmaker, a little bit more active in pick and rolls. And he's got habits he has to break from previous coaches. This is a more motion-based offense, and maybe Fournier isn't the best shooter off, off of cuts and on the move. It's a fair question to ask. But the Magic are not making the playoffs and not doing any damage in the playoffs, for sure, if Evan Fournier is not playing well. If Evan Fournier is not playing at a high level, the Magic are going to struggle against good teams, at least. And it's no surprise that I think some of the Magic's best games this year have come when Fournier plays at his best. He's made some tough decisions. He's made some bad decisions in the last few games. But really, it's about his shooting. If his shooting comes around, he'll be a much better player. Right now, he's clearly frustrated and trying to force his shot a little bit too much. The Magic just have to find a way to keep encouraging him and keep building the confidence that he knows how to shoot and those shots will fall. And I, I have no doubt they will. It's it's a little troubling that the this, this slump has gone through the whole first quarter of the season. But you got to have faith that Fournier will right the ship. And if it doesn't, the Magic really don't have much better options on their bench to help out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to know what you have to think about your questions for the second second quarter of the season. You can tweet them at me at LockedOnMagic. Looking forward to your responses there. You can also email them to me at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I'm sure I'll be doing a mailbag very soon too. You can also drop me a line for anything you want there. Again, that's omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today though. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Brosman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.